Hola y bienvenidos a Please Don't Send Me Into Outer Space. La intención de este podcast es explorar todo lo que la ciencia ficción y la fantasía nos puede ofrecer película por película. That's the best I'm going to do. I apologize. No, you're good. No, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the listener. <laughs> uh, me llamo Joel. <laughs> me llamo Sarah. Uh, I'm Spencer. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Spencer doesn't know any Spanish. I didn't expect him to participate. <laughs> That's true. I don't know Spanish. La película de... No, I don't have <laughs> Movie this week is Matador, by, directed by Pedro Almodovar, and written by Pedro Almodovar and Jesus Ferrero. Cameo by... No. Almodovar. I know he's got it, but we got to get through the first part before we get to the second part. Uh, starring Asunta Serna... Nacho Martinez, Antonio Banderas, Eva Coba, Cobo, Eva Cobo. Um, I mean, there's other people in there, but yeah, yeah. Who's the other? I'm not sure if you said her, but uh, there's someone he worked with uh, a few times after this. She's the. Uh, she worked with a detective. She's in, yeah, I know who you're. I know mm-hmm. who you're talking about. Yeah, I want to say Cecilia Roth, but that's not Cecilia Roth. She's in his earlier stuff before this. I can't remember who that is. Gar- Carmen Mara. That's it. Yeah, yeah, I recognize. Yeah, I mean, like her face Volver is very distinctive, and, and she's always had that hairstyle. Apparently. <laughs> so, uh, Spencer, what's going on? So earlier this year, I decided mm-hmm. to start watching. Uh, Almodovar films because I've heard about him sporadically and mm-hmm. over the years and kind of no one talks about him that much besides like uh, The Skin I Live In and that's kind of only one I ever heard anyone talk about so mm. a podcast I really like Daughters of Darkness who uh, that's how I learned about uh, that weird Jalo thing I brought to you guys with the chicken mutant chicken thing oh yeah <laughs> Death laid an egg, yep. Yeah, and uh, that same podcast, Daughters of Darkness, did an Almodovar episode on, uh, I think it was on three, on the, the last three he did with uh, Antonio Banderas. And so that got me watching uh, his movies, and, uh, and, and, uh, and I'm kind of addicted. I kind of have to see all of it. It's like I haven't had this type of experience since Kurosawa five, six years ago. Now, at least it's a shorter list this time. I love all Moldovar movies, so I'm excited that we did this one. Um, I I am not familiar with this movie before this, but I've seen a bunch of his other ones, and I'm kind of... I'm really into the weird, like the flavor of the weird. Hmm. Um, was this one 
Did you pick this one for a specific reason? Um, the podcast I like uh, was covering this, so I was like, well, I guess I should watch it. And uh, so it was the first one I ever saw. And uh, watching it again, I like it even more than the first time. Mm-hmm. But I so far, I like his early 80s stuff. That's very, like, John Watersy and has, like, a trashy, like, kind of campy, uh, uh, like, punky feel to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although, uh, this is kind of like the, the uh, like, the first step in, like, him going in a more serious direction of him, like, I feel like he's trying to basically saying, like, I can make serious movies, too, uh, besides, like, silly comedies, and this is kind of his take on... Uh, well, a lot of things, but also it feels like him just declaring himself like I'm a real director now, because it is notably more professional than the first few, which are like these kind of trashy, like John Waters type movies. I see. Well, this I mean this is this feels pretty trashy to me, and like I'm, I don't you know I haven't seen the previous movies. In fact, we we thought we Sarah and I thought we'd seen this movie before, but. Uh, we were thinking of uh, talk to her, which also has Matador stuff in there. Hmm. But this and one, Atame, Atame was like hmm. a few years later with um, Antonio Banderas, and I would say that it's almost like a spiritual <laughs> sequel to this one. Which one? Tie me up, tie me down. Oh, okay. You were saying the Spanish title? Uh-huh. Yeah, see, I don't speak Spanish. Obviously, if you listen to the beginning of the podcast, you know I don't speak Spanish. <laughs> well, Tie Me Up, Tie Me Down is a few years later, and it has um, Antonio Banderas in it. In a more... He's, like, the main yeah. character in that. Um, but um, it's different from this. It's different. A little see? bit different. I feel like yeah. Tie, me Up, Tie Me Down is funnier. Yeah. And it's more watchable. <laughs> yeah, this is. I mean, t- tie me up, tie me down. Uh, Antonio Banderas looks like Antonio Banderas. Like I know he does in this movie too, but there's he hasn't quite grown into his face yet. He's he's got this kind of boy, he's you know, like super boyish thing because obviously yeah. he's a lot younger than he yeah. is, uh, than than he was when he became uh, more popular around here. Yeah, I like like seeing his Spanish movies. Now, I'm talking about Banderas, and seeing his American movies, it's like, he's kind of better in Spain than he is in America. Like, he gets more interesting uh, things to do when he's working outside of Hollywood. Yeah, I mean, acting-wise, sure, but I think that, like, uh, he's got such appeal as as an actor in general. Like, it just, uh, a totally stupid movie. Now, you know that I've seen <laughs> like twenty times the uh, Mask of Zorro. Mm-hmm. Like he is charming as hell in that movie, and it's like he's got it. He's he knows how to do you know work with his face. He knows how to say his lines. He he's got all this charisma that just boils off the screen, and that's you know that's a that's a cheesy action movie. Yeah, and, I love to see him more vulnerable too. Though I think that. I think that I'm used to seeing him be the charismatic, like, Latin lover in American movies or whatever, like the Mask of Zorro and, like, mm. yeah, like, what was the other one? The Original Sin or something? Nazanex? No, wait, that's it. <laughs> uh, uh, Philadelphia? He Spy played. Kids. 
Yeah, exactly. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Some of the Robert Rodriguez. Okay, Desperado. Philadelphia, <laughs> isn't he someone's boyfriend? Yes. Yeah, uh, interview with the vampire. <laughs> the vampire Armand. Uh-huh. We are the only real evil. We are going to do another world. one with him in it. Oh yeah, eventually. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I do. I like to see him do the charismatic thing too. But I think he's almost better when he's a more vulnerable character. You like, mean when he's acting like a human being as yeah, opposed to a sex symbol? Like in this movie, in Matador. You almost feel you feel bad for him. Yeah. Oh, he's pathetic. Yeah, I uh, mean, he does some things that I don't like in the movie, but he's also this like incredibly insecure, vulnerable person too. Yeah, like uh, um, the the first one he did with Almodovar, Labyrinth of Passion. Um, uh, he kind of plays a similar character, uh, like this kind of young, naive, un un uh, unsure person. Mm-hmm. And in that one, he's playing a gay Arab. <laughs> God damn. Nice. <laughs> and like he's uh, uh, Patch is basically like a Amadovar's take on a um, uh, like a Hollywood screwball comedy. And uh, uh I don't know what that. I got, I just got a phone call that I died. I, I uh, declined. I forgot I was going, but uh. Amadovar likes having him play, like, at this point, like, kind of like these young, naive, insecure type uh, uh, young men. Hmm. He's, he's become, like, what we would think would be the cipher, or not the cipher, whatever, the the stand-in for the director, like, Woody Allen always seems to have I was his, gonna his say that. Now. I was gonna say, I wouldn't be surprised if it's like that David Lynch thing where he said he sees um, Kyle McLaughlin as like a version of himself in the movies that he does or whatever, or in the Mm. like maybe he sees him as like a like a (laughs) vehicle for showing himself in the movie. Oh, sure, sure, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's in this movie, so he doesn't. (laughs) He's he didn't have to. He could just cast himself, except for he seems you know he's. I mean, he he's, must be older. I, I don't know where I'm going with that. Anyway, uh, this uh, movie, uh, one of the other reasons Spencer picked this movie is because it qualifies into the uh, the conditions that we have for the podcast, which is that it is a science fiction and or fantasy movie. That is true. But just barely. <laughs> it's I mean, there. It counts. Oh, yeah. Not, not, not like... Uh, Death Laid an Egg was just barely a, a <laughs> science fiction movie. It's like, oh, he got these genetically enhanced chickens. Like, oh, yeah, sure, whatever. It's a fun movie to talk about. <laughs> this one, it's like, Spencer said that, and I was like, I, because I th- thought I'd seen it before, I was like, I don't remember anything like that. And he's like, no, no, it's there. Trust me. Like, okay. So so when Sarah and I were watching it, I kept going like, this is the part. No. Th- this is the part. No. <laughs> And not until almost an hour, what, what, hour, the, tw- hour the last hour. 20 minutes or so, <laughs> mm-hmm. suddenly Antonio Banderas does actually have, like, no one's really been talking about him. I mean, they've been saying, like, he has visions and, and stuff like that. Like, his yeah. mother is a, a crazy religious Catholic who who thinks he's he's just full of sin like his father God rest his soul. Uh, <laughs> Every time it's like God rest his soul after she says something bad. Yeah, and 
like, oh, all the sin is giving him these visions, but eventually it turns out, no, no, he actually has some sort of weird psychic ability, which is not, I mean, it's not a plot point, other than when he confesses to a series of murders, he knows exactly how they were done, so yeah. people are like, oh, he must have done them, at least at first. Yeah, and uh, well, we should probably get the cat out of the bag. Uh, Which this one? Movie, huh? Which cat? Uh, Coco. Okay, Coco. <laughs> yeah, like uh, like if you are familiar with Almodovar, you know he likes to be transgressive and challenging and deal with uh, like difficult things, and this deal with like masculinity and like rape and other things, and like uh uh. And Ares does try to rape someone, but it's turned on its head in a way that only Amadovar could, like, kind of turn something that ugly into something. It's, it, like, it's complicated how he does it, but, but he somehow mm-hmm. makes it, like, more tolerable than if, uh, I think someone else did it. Like, I think since, uh, this, I could be full of shit, but, like, since he is openly gay, uh, like maybe his like his way of thinking of like masculinity and like uh, like taking a woman is more uh, is, is a different version of it and like it's him because I feel like Partis was making fun of masculinity to an extent. Oh yeah, I don't know the what you're machoism. About. I think it is kind of. <laughs> no, everybody wants to be just like that matador guy. Come on. Yeah, and like it felt like taxi driver kind of or like. Like you have this like uh, classic uh, like uh, like uh, so, uh, like alpha male and and I feel and and like uh, we're actually drivers just like the alpha male. This he has a class where he's teaching other uh, other men and a few women, but mostly men. And so like having the protege there, this like really points out like how ugly and fucked up. Like masculinity and macho, like being macho can get mm-hmm. where like I, cause I feel like uh, like how some, certain people misread Taxi Driver and uh, Fight Club and kind of miss the point where this having like a, a younger protege or student there it really emphasizes like oh no this type of behavior is not a good thing yeah. Yeah, and I I hadn't noticed the taxi driver thing, but I can see that now. I mean, it goes it goes a completely different direction at the end than taxi driver does, but it it definitely has that feeling of like this you're looking at it through the lens of a strange like character and you're not seeing things in your reality. It's like in that character's reality. Yeah, mm-hmm. and like going on to the masculinity uh, side of things, like it also deals with like like sexual identity to an extent, where like uh, the uh, Antonio Banderas character Angel or Angel, what were they saying? Like, Angel, just just say Angel. Angel. Yeah. <laughs> it is Angel, but yeah. Like uh, like there's like uh, throughout the movie, people keep asking, "Is he gay?" Yeah. Which I kind of feel like a joke to at a certain point, and then I think that the matador uh, uh, Diego <laughs> says like, "Well, he's complicated," and they yeah. and they accepted like, "Huh, I guess he's 
not straight, not gay. It's just kind of complicated, and they kind of accept it. And uh, I, I just like that, like there, that it's just, it's dropped from there. It never really comes up again. I I feel like they're they they by bringing that into the thing, and and by the way he acts, and you know with his his overbearing mother on top of everything else, uh, and the way he doesn't. You know he's peeping on women and stuff like that. They, they're trying to make a Norman Bates out of this guy. Oh yeah, but I, I wrote on Psycho reference like uh, when they got to the mom. Hmm. Totally yes. Because she's she's facing away from <laughs> during that one scene. No, because she's so he has this weird messed up relationship where she's like, yeah, go go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no. There, I mean, there is a scene where she's like not. She's like facing away and talking to somebody, and then she turns around. But she, you know, she's not a skeleton face. So I didn't, I didn't put that together when we were watching it. But hmm. that uh, would have been a funny twist if she was never alive and oh, he yeah. was just like talking to his mom. And then, then it would be partially related to Volver, you know, with the uh, oh yeah, <laughs> is she a ghost? I don't know. <laughs> we'll find out. <laughs> I swear, mm. I smelled my mom. Mm. <laughs> so to go back to the the rape thing you were talking about, like this, the movie has an attempted at rape. So yeah. if that is a trigger, totally understandable. Don't don't watch it. Uh, it appears to be a real life like <clears throat> rape. They they kind of make your expectations different for that too. Well, yeah, I mean we get we get the full build up, the whole the you know rest, you know pulling a woman there and they they try to joke it up that he's incompetent because he doesn't he doesn't have a knife knife he has a swiss army knife so when he first tries to threaten the girl who probably could easily overpower him you know first she he takes out the the cork screw thing like uh oh and then he he can't find the knife so he just settles on a saw and then you know then the clothes removal thing then him it seems like he's about to start thrusting. It's it's like pouring rain, so it's fuck it's it's terrible. Uh, <laughs> but apparently, he does not complete the action. Well, he he completes his action. Well, yes, he ejaculates very quickly, <laughs> <laughs> and then he apologizes immediately afterwards. Yeah, and like you you were saying that the, somehow Almodovar makes the the rape thing easier to take basically like i i kind of see what you're saying is like uh, the skin i live in has a pretty horrible rape horrible rape it. scene but the way it's played out they're like having a conversation while it's happening and it's hmm. it's like i hate it like like i don't want to see that ever but there's something about the movie that makes it tolerable in, in a weird wh- way what the skin i live in or this yeah, one in the skin i live in like I, it, it's gross and it's terrible, and that character gets what he deserves. Luckily, but I think I think in that situation, it's like an important part of the story, almost too. Sure. Yeah. Um. This part is this part is an important part of the story as well. Um. <laughs> it's just. It's just ridiculous. We, I mean, it's played. It's played for comedy, which is weird. Yeah. Should Should we try to? Well, I mean, like in his early movies, like he plays rape for comedy. In like a kind of strange way, but John Waters does that in uh, at least uh, Pink Flamingos. Well, I guess Female Trouble or Divine himself with like uh, do you have Divine and Dragon Divine as a as a truck driver, and they 
and they have a, and then uh, that same day, Divine gives birth to a, a baby. Oh my <laughs> Sexy. God. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, it's a gross scene, and you see his underwear with a big old, uh, big old stain. And since it's John Waters, I assume that was real in his actual. Stop underwear. it! You're arousing me too much. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, enough about that. <laughs> but like, uh, does uh, deal with like. I mean, time out, time me down. Like on paper, is a very messed up movie. Oh yeah. Also, yeah! No, 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 that's yeah. Mm-mm. But it's also like kind of tolerable, and like you can it, like it is watchable and not like an ugly, uh, like 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 somehow he he makes like these very ugly things kind of tolerable and like kind of humorous in a bizarre way. And like I this watcher's movie, this I I just don't understand how he can pull this off. Like it makes no sense. No, it doesn't. It's like magic or something. He can somehow make something that's horrible be like this thing that you can get past. And sometimes it even ends up being like something that makes these characters like love each other more and like it's kind of like there's some ev- evolution that happens through, like, a traumatic experience or something. There's a soap opery nature to his movies that makes everything feel like a highlighted fantasy in the first place. Like, the conversations people are having typically are not a two-way conversation. It's typically somebody monologuing for a long time and then somebody monologues back to them. And like there, there, the, I feel like the unreality helps with that. Mm. Like there's the things they're saying m- most of the time are are silly. Sometimes they're uh, poignant, you know. But like it, it, it doesn't feel like real life for the most part. Yeah, and maybe that's just the way it is in Spain. I don't know. <laughs> Should we try to like quickly summarize what the plot is? Because I don't know where to begin with like a very quick summary. Like summary of yeah, I'll tell I'll tell you what this thing is. Okay. So uh, Diego Montes, played by Nacho Martinez, is a retired uh, matador. He sustained a a goring that he was not able to recover from. Now he's a teacher. One of his students is a is Angel, aka Antonio Banderas, and Antonio Banderas uh, is a is a goofy kid, but he he feels like he has something to prove. I guess is the situation. So when he goes out and he attempts to rape his neighbor, who Eva, is Diego's girlfriend? Who is his girlfriend? Who is yeah. the matador's girlfriend? Uh, he immediately goes to the police station and confesses, or tries to confess to it. Uh, meanwhile, while this is going on, uh, there is another character named Maria, who, when we first see her, is murdering a man after, or mid-sex. You know, very, very Black Widow style. And she later shows up as a lawyer for Angel. Because uh, while Angel's at the police station, he confesses to a series of murders. Angel seems to already know that the the matador is the one who was responsible, uh, spoiler for that part, for the murder of a couple of young ladies that used to be in the class. 
but he also confesses to the murders that Maria has been doing of these these men who have had their necks punctured very specifically. And so the story is kind of Maria and and Diego dancing around each other. Uh, they they both are fascinated by death, and they they become closer as they are challenging each other. You know, they they both kind of figure out each other's secret. While Angel is is being treated as a fall guy, yeah, he's like a patsy for their crimes, right? But he's got he's got a lot of people sympathetic to him, also, and and he volunteers to be the fall guy, right. yeah. And in the in the end, uh, when everything comes to a head, they figure out that the matador and the lawyer are both the ones who actually did the murders, Angel's. Because Angel uh, faints at the sight of blood, so therefore there's no way he could have done the murders. Because yeah, like after his attempted rape, he uh, uh, Eva she, slips and yep. she has a, a cut on her face, and he immediately passes out. Right, and later while he's at the uh, the ward hospital, whatever for the prison, they bring in a patient who's got blood on him, and he faints, and everyone sees that. So couldn't have been him. And the Matador and Loria character have one final ecstasy moment of sexual activity. And they kill themselves in front of each other because, oh, I want to see your death. And I want to see your death. And, oh, yeah, that's real good. (laughs) Sexy. Oh, and Angel has psychic power, so he leads the police to them, but not in time to save them. Yeah. And there's an eclipse. Yeah. Don't Anyways, the uh, next week we'll be. Uh, <laughs> yeah, don't forget it, the eclipse. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a lot to unpack. Yeah. Um, and I think it has issues in it the same way that yeah, like tie me up, tie me down does. Like when you hear about that as a as an idea for a movie, <laughs> it sounds terrible. It sounds horrible, and. But there's some way that he turns it around again. Like in all, all of our movies can have these horrible um, setups. And then they turn into these kind of humorous, almost like, yeah, like, what's the word? Hmm. Like, it's almost like a farce or something. It's almost yeah. like, like it's um, satire or, yeah, or like an... Like a telenovela, like a like mm-hmm. a soap opera. Yeah, definitely, definitely, yeah. Like with some... with lots of of butts and and breasts and nudity and, and pubic hair. Not quite penis. People of but... all different. Um, and mm-hmm. Labyrinth of Passion, you see a penis. Oh, okay. You well, almost see Antonio's penis, but not quite. I was waiting for some nacho dick in there, and it just didn't happen. You know, unfortunately. Uh, this this movie has an NC seventeen. I assume because of the the sexual content, and I assume it's specifically because we see Nacho going down on a Sumta at uh, at one point, and it's it's you know it's yeah it's it's her bare crotch. We're not we're not seeing them you know in between the legs, but he you know his head floats there. Yeah, you know, it's it's like the Reanimator. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like, uh, but the movie opens. In a very graphic, bizarre way of Nacho, not Nacho, uh, uh, that uh, uh, the character is Diego, uh, mm. masturbating to uh, oh, horror yeah, movies. I 
Yeah, that's that's like. Uh, I mean, a couple of clips. It, it, uh, I was trying to find it. It was like Blood and Black Lace, and uh, yeah, it's I know some Spanish language movie. Uh, there's a Jess Franco movie in there. I know that. I can't remember which one. I think it might be uh, something like Blood Moon or Bloody Moon. Yeah, and something like there that. is another movie that I think might be um, a genre lawn like uh, movie. But I know for a fact one of them is. Uh, 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 Josh Franco. Mm. Who are, yeah, who are, who are, he's he's just intently masturbating, and it's not like he's masturbating to a sexy scene in the movie. He's he's specifically women getting murdered. <laughs> he always has like creep jobs in <laughs> the stories <laughs> that he tells. There's like like in um. Broken Embraces, there's, like, the creepy videographer, photographer that's, like, um, watching other people, and in the skin I live in, there's, like, yeah, there's a bunch of different, there's, like, a voyeur thing, too, Mm -hmm. because, like, you see into other people's rooms or in other people's houses, and, um, we watched another one that was really weird with, um, what was that one? Like the soccer player or something that becomes disabled? Wait, what are you talking about? Didn't we watch one with... um, uh, An Almodovar movie? Yeah. We've seen Live Flesh. Maybe that was the one Uh, with... uh, Live Flesh, Broken Embraces... I was see. I was trying to remember what happens in live flesh. But That's the one with Javier Bardem. He's uh, he becomes like wheelchair bound, mm. and I think he's like maybe bisexual. I don't know. I mean, it's an Albadova. Yeah, movie. everybody's a little bit. <laughs> yeah, they have a little bit of like. I love that, though. Like, seriously, I think he's one of my favorite filmmakers because he's not afraid to do, like, weird things. And I think that, like, the cinematography is always really interesting and colorful and, um, yeah, costuming and all of that is always over the top. Mm-hmm. And, and, and like... There's a clear love of of movies because there's always nods to like classic Hollywood mm-hmm. or like uh, classic movies. Because fashion head, too, it seems to seems to really like fashion. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, like uh, in this movie, Imador, uh, at one point, uh, Diego is following Maria to a theater. Well, she tries to escape into a theater, and they're watching Duel in the Sun, a King yeah. Dior movie. From the yeah. the mid forties, and I, th- I mean that could have been a movie <laughs> that could have been his movie based on what was happening in it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> somebody like, shooting somebody. Yeah. I don't know like, what the I'm context sorry. was. <laughs> yeah, shoots the guy, and then later she's like, oh, "I love you." Like, wait, wait, this is this guy you shot? What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and, and like there's like kind of a psycho uh, a vibe to it, and there's, uh, I think in the beginning when uh, Angel was talking to uh, Diego, and like, and Diego asked him, uh, "Have you ever, ever been with a woman?" And that, and shortly after that, like, 
they go like in his mansion. He's uh, Andrew's like, is this your girlfriend? She's like, no, it's Ava Gardner. Don't you watch movies? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was funny. <laughs> but his girlfriend's name is Ava. <gasps> oh. oh my gosh! See, not that far fetched. No, but but there's a clear love of of movies and like he will throw little references here and there. Mm. Yeah, and I love that the characters have all of these strange, like, complexities to them. Like, in a way, they seem like somebody you could talk to in real life, but in another way, they seem like they theatrical and they can't, like, they couldn't exist in the real world. I don't want to talk to any of these people. <laughs> no one? I, Not even I the, the, like- the detective? He Maybe seems- the detective. Only the detective. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to talk to the matador. Don't want to talk to the lawyer. Don't want to talk to the matador's girlfriend or especially her mother. Hell no. Uh, <laughs> I love her mom. She's hilarious. <laughs> her, her mom. <laughs> her mom is like both like she's like real supportive and like protective of her daughter, but she's also slut shaming of her daughter, and it's just this really complex weird thing. <laughs> And like, and she and she will not um, back down to anyone. See, yeah, that you know, and that I feel like we that leans into a weird like her character specifically leans into the a weird culture thing where it's like, like oh yeah, she's uh, you know been raped before a couple of times, you know, like uh, of course she's times. been raped or whatever. And it's like <laughs> oh, it's perfectly normal. You get over it, like. And then the b- police, when he goes to confess that he did it, the lady cop is like, oh, she should be so lucky. Like, like, are you sure? Because he, uh, this guy's attractive. Are you sure she didn't want you to? Like, it's just very, yeah, very weird. And somebody says, I think her mom says, you dress so slutty or something mm-hmm. like that yeah, but also in during that scene her mom is the one like when she's when uh, eva is telling her her story and uh her mom is like he ejaculated and she and she says he ejaculated mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh god it's terrible <laughs> it's so terrible but somehow he makes it like silly and and his character feels so bad about it his Mm. character is like so guilty it's obvious like his whole life has been like under this religion and like oppression and he's super like what's the word repressed and it's catholic guilt like he's like cat like catholic guilt personified and like uh I don't know if you guys know too much about, like, Spain at this point, but, like, Spain was uh, slowly uh, turning away from, like, the Franco period when it was, like, a fascist country. Well, uh, they kind of tried not to be a fascist country, but they were still a fascist country. But then they had, like, ties to the Catholic Church, and, like, with the parents in this, it feels like they are a holdover of that old, like, uh, Francisco Franco like Catholic repression, and then like uh, you have the two young characters who are are the new generation, like in particular Angel, like trying to adjust to like this new society to an extent, but he's but uh, 
uh, but you know, his but his mother's so psychotically Catholic that he can't really, uh, uh, you know, fully adjust to society. Right. I mean, I mean, both of those characters with the the controlling mothers are both drawn specifically to Diego. You know, and Angel is literally trying to be, you know, imitate him and become him. Like he's he's doing the matador training, even though he doesn't seem to have any interest in. And of course, when he gets challenged on his, you know, uh, masculinity, on his uh, sexuality, he doesn't pick some random woman. He goes immediately to <laughs> the matador's girlfriend. Like, his oh, girlfriend. Like, yeah. I, I'll show him. I, I'll, I'll do exactly what he did. <laughs> and for Eva, like, her whole life revolves around getting any sort of affection from Diego. You know, there's that the scene where they're lying in bed together and, uh, you know, he's they're both naked and he's like, OK, just lie still like he's you're a like, corpse. Play dead. Like, that's the only way he's able. And she doesn't. There's no argument from her. She'll she'll give him whatever she wants or she'll give him. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. So they're, they're still trying to grab on to this masculine represented you know thing because Diego is a highly respected person you know mm-hmm. having been a matador and having a, a you know a, a very nice uh house and and obviously money and stuff like that yeah like have you guys ever seen a bullfight I don't like it at all I do, I don't like the idea of it I mean I yeah, I love animals, and I I think it's really mean. Um, yeah, it's unnecessary. I have seen some footage of bullfights in one occasion or another. I don't know if they've all been in movies or if they've some of them have been actual footage of bullfights. But mm. I've seen like several times. I've seen footage of bullfights. Didn't we watch something about bullfighting once? You mean specifically about bullfighting? Yeah, was there a movie about bullfighting that we watched? Yeah, it's called Matador. <laughs> uh, my mom went to, my mom has been to Spain yep. before, uh-huh. and she went to see a bullfight, mm. and she said it was real fun, exciting, but she didn't know how they ended, and she yeah. uh, said it was fun until the the last part. And my grandpa also has been to Spain. And he said the same thing. He's like, oh, yeah, it's real exciting, but I didn't know they killed the bull at the end. I mean, what do they think they do? They're just teasing it? I don't well, know. in a rodeo, in a rodeo, you let an animal go crazy like that, and then you pin them up again, and then they're going to have to do it again later. Right. So, like, I think, like, American perspective of what might happen, because you don't see it everywhere, is that it might happen again for the same bull because their matador has more matches. But yeah, it seems really sad to me that they kind of taunt this bull until, unless, you know, like this guy gets gored. Yeah. Yeah, It's, I don't, I don't blame a bull for fighting back in that situation. Um, the only time I enjoy a bull fight is when a human gets gored because they get what they deserve. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and like uh, the whole analogy of like uh, the fighting the bull comes into play, where like the 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 whole opening after he after he uh, finishes masturbating to horror movies 
uh, he um, he's giving the lesson and everything about he's like you have to attract the bull, you have to tease the bull, and you get these cuts to uh, to an unknown serial killer at the time uh, who is attracting these men, and it's just very uh, and, and uh, you know and she, and she kills a man like how how you kill a bull. And then when uh, Angel is talking to Diego about, like, you know, about women, and he's like, well, I have to treat a woman like a bull. So there's this whole, uh, like, treating people like a piece of meat uh, aspect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, and I think they use the metaphor of, like, dancing around the ring with the bull with, like, they definitely do that between the two the matador and like the super fan of the matador you find out in the story that she's like been to his matches and been collecting like memorabilia and belongings of his and um yeah i think i think bullfighting is mean (laughs) that's my opinion but um it's it's for sport um, I was kind of disappointed by that particular mm-hmm. twist uh, that yeah. she was like obsessed with with Diego mm-hmm. and had been for a long time because I, I I just kind of liked the idea that she was just a a kind of a taunting, challenging, badass murderer, a killer, also that used used sex for and death as as her way to you know please herself or whatever. Uh, it's like no I'm actually totally crazy and I've just been trying to everyone's trying to imitate Diego there you go once again she's also trying to do it I was kind of more interested in what's his name's character in um, the detective Antonio Banderas Mm -hmm. the detective as well they could have followed the detective and I would have liked to see what would happen and they could have had Antonio Banderas be more of the central character um, but I think I was telling Joel, I like this movie, but I had mm-hmm. some issues with like the ending. I think like it was still very imaginative. Um, but I think like I was a little disappointed by the suicide ending or the whatever, <laughs> because it felt like it had all this momentum. Mm. But I also like that he isn't afraid to do something like a twist at the end or something or a surprise. Yeah, I mean, it was it was hinting at it because uh, they're both obsessed with death, and uh, they have like a with, with her that with Maria she kills men at the moment they climax when she's with them, because like when a when a uh, detective is like looking at all all the uh, corpse photos, he's like, I never seen a, a smile on their face. <laughs> he's like, I've never seen a dead man look so happy, <laughs> and like uh. Similar thing with um, Diego, with like his whole. I guess he wants to be a necrophiliac to an extent. You never see him do that, but it's kind of presumed he has done that. Yeah, the presentation of of how he may have murdered is not really come up because they they said they haven't found any of the bodies there. But it seems like he drowned one of them, and I don't know about the other. It's like inspired by the movies or what? It, what? Yeah, but I like what what way he tells Eva to play dead? It's like oh, I guess he's. A necrophiliac too. I don't know. He's into it. He's just <laughs> he's just weird. Yeah. Some of the stuff that happens, I'm like, uh, I don't want to really know about that. But 
I also really like that Almodovar has these ideas and he's like not afraid to hang weird and make something that maybe nobody else would think of. Like, mm-hmm. I think that's super cool. Um, I think that the visions that uh, Antonio Banderas's character has... Oh, visions. The visions. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that they are kind of surreal. Um, but it's the, it's the quality, it's the cinematic quality that he is using with his sets and his costumes and, Mm. like, lighting and stuff. It makes it seem like it's not real. It's kind of funny, because I watched this yesterday and I watched Rosemary's Baby today. (laughs) (laughs) There's this, like, weird surreal thing where it's like, is it a dream? There's these weird images, like, um, (laughs) like, I don't know. But, um... I think that it's cool that they're just like, no, this character actually is psychic. And the reason he knows everything is because he's seen it all like he was there. And, like, and he like and he feels it because uh, during his confession, he's like, oh, yeah, the, the, the man tried to penetrate me. And he's just like d- describing his sex and then stabbing him in the back of the neck, which again leads to the question of his sexuality. Uh, like way early on to the to, to the detective, although the detective is the one person who the whole time is like, "Who are these people?" He never yeah. outright says it, but you can tell by his actions. He's like, "Man, these people are exhausting to be around." <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And it's like a uh, yeah, this gang of weirdos. Like I'm no I don't want to hang out with any the, yeah, the detectives just getting this glimpse of this like what is you know what I got work to do. <laughs> Forget it. But I like how I like how Antonio Banderas's character in this movie does something super crazy like he you know I don't like that he tries to rape this girl. Mm-hmm. But I like that right afterwards he faints cuz it's like immediately they're like the sky is weak mm. and then it's funny because in time me up time me down a similar thing happens where like he ties up this girl and he's like i'm gonna make you mine you're going to be with me we're in love and she says something mean to you and there's this part where he just like turns around and cries like breaks <laughs> down and cries she's like let me go like i don't want to be here and he's like you know, heartbroken in the corner. I just think it's super all this funny that there's like. How could she reject him like that? I know. <laughs> all he did was kidnap her and tie her up. <laughs> Jeez. I just like how he plays with like people's personalities when he makes these characters up, and I think that's why it reminded me of that one. Yeah, also, I mean, he's he's playing a mental case. Or, Similarities, or, or, you yeah. know, uh, that's that's not a PC term. I apologize, but you know, he's yeah, yeah he's unstable. Issues. Yeah, and uh, 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 Julia, the character played by Carmen, what's her name? Mm, Carmen mm-hmm. Mara. Yeah, um, when she comes in, and she has like this weird, like, like, uh, like, 
like incesty mother son thing with him. I'm not sure what what is her job. Seriously, <laughs> like is she a nurse? She's like kind of playing with the idea of being his like aid or like psychic companion or something. I don't know, like yeah. his nurse. His she's also slipping in a few smooches on occasion. She just wants to be with oh, him. Geez, that reminds me. Before I forget, uh, going back to the terrible subject of rape. Mm-hmm. Antonio Banderas goes to the police station, and there's a lady police officer Mm -hmm. at the counter, and he says, I'd like to report a rape. I said that, yeah. Yeah, and she's... You said that part? Yeah, that she should be... Are you sure? Like, lucky her to be... Yeah, like, oh, I should... Taken by you. She says, I should be so lucky. Oh, yeah, that's what she says. Like, I wish somebody as attractive as you would rape me. Like, holy crap, come on. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's part of the satire of him just taking things... Oh, yeah, for sure. I hope so. (laughs) To a level... (laughs) Like, to 11... (laughs) Kind of makes me want to go to Spain and see what people talk like to each other. I think it's just his vision, like his way of seeing the world. It's hilarious. I have a little insight on, because I was dating a girl that spent six months in Spain on a... Wait, wait, you're saying this in front of Sarah? Yes. It was in high school. So uh, she was uh, for a Spanish language uh, thing, and uh, basically every day people would just like in the street hit on her and it, like old men young men every every man was like i gotta take my chance there's a girl oh she doesn't speak spanish even better like it was this this like attitude of like hey you don't get you know er- everyone there is doing the mystery method i think is the thing is <laughs> i've heard a lot of stuff um about going to Italy too. I think there are some European cultures that are like super like macho guys mm-hmm. and it's like everywhere you go someone is like yelling at you or right. my sister I mean, my sister I mean, Italy probably cuz I I've seen some Marcello Mastroianni movies. I, I imagine <laughs> I imagine men were like, "Oh, I can be like uh, uh, Mastroianni." Like, no, you're not nearly as handsome as as Marcello. <laughs> no one is. <laughs> yeah, I I feel like even my sister. My sister had to like get out. Like she was living in um, Peru for a while, and she was actually really enjoying it. But there were people like constantly hitting on her and and I mean that wouldn't be a problem except for like her taxi driver like who was an old man was like I love you I want to marry you like and the guy's married. <laughs> he was like an old man an old who man was married like a has like, kids probably just, grandkids <laughs> she started to feel like it wasn't safe and yeah eventually it was just like constant like cat calls and stuff she's just like get me live, out of here like the women who live there are so browbeaten that it's like oh it's perfectly life. normal like i don't know what your big problem is i don't is. get it like are there are there culture this is a sorry tangent <laughs> are there cultures where girls are like yeah i like that i also don't want to seem insensitive yeah <laughs> to others yeah because i we honestly don't. i don't know the dynamics yeah mm-hmm. yeah anyway yeah. don't <laughs> don't kidnap somebody or 
or try to rape them. I mean, Spencer, you, you cat call at ladies all the time. So, you, <laughs> I mean, is this how, how much of a positive response are you getting? Uh, well, I remember learning from King of the Hill, Boomhauer's method is try every woman because someone has to say yes eventually. Mm. Mm-hmm. But, numbers yeah. game. Yeah, it's a numbers game. Yeah, there's an episode where uh, uh, Hank uh, has Bobby hang out with Boomhauer to learn how to talk to girls. Oh. Anyway. The, um, the character that doesn't talk. <laughs> I mean, uh, Boomhauer, he got around. Ah, uh, sure. And there's a one episode where Brad Pitt w- voiced his brother. Oh, makes sense. Yeah. Uh, but uh, going back to the Julia character... At oh, one yeah. point, she kisses Angel awake, and it's like mm-hmm. this really sensual, like, romantic kiss. And it's like, what is going on here? Does she want to f*** him? What, what is this? She did. Yeah, she did, yeah, she I did. think. She's she fallen down. in love with him. She was just like, this is my guy. It's like, but, he's but, an innocent, gentle soul. But you she know? treats <laughs> him like, 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 she, like he's her child. It's this really creepy... <laughs> Like, he's, a, a, he's an innocent, gentle soul who's an invalid. She needs to take care. I don't get it. I don't get it. But I think, I think uh, <laughs> the whole time I was watching it, I was expecting the girl that he had the encounter with in the beginning mm-hmm. was going to fall in love with him. And maybe that's because of how the story goes in Tie Me Up, Tie Me Down. But, um, but I think that. I kept thinking, okay, she's going to fall for him instead, and she never does. The young woman who was the girlfriend of the matador, retired matador, she just stays obsessed with that guy. She's just really hung up on him and in love with him. And that's a thing, yeah. And it's horrible, because he obviously doesn't give a crap about her. Also, he... Well, and Diego eventually does have some sort of emotion because he's pushing her away before he murders her. Like he's like, "No, I want you to go away. We've gone too far as it is already. Like there's yeah. there's no other way to go except for what I I might do." You know? Yeah, that's that's his pattern. Like he'll target younger women, fall in love, you know, and then eventually kill them, and I guess have sex with the body, maybe. And then uh, beat off while watching a video, you know. Yeah. I thought there was going to be a twist that he had filmed killing the other women and that that was going to be the evidence that they found that would, like... Was there any him. real evidence or was it just they believe Angel's uh, I mean, a- Angel... I mean, the, the bodies are buried in Diego's yard. Eventually, they find. I'm sure when they find the corpses, they find the hairpins, and the hairpins are like the murder weapons, mm-hmm. or some of the time. Yeah. But yeah, the corpses in his yard, where he, I also for a minute thought they were going to say the gardener killed those girls. Oh, that old man. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because they were talking about. He's a murderer. Something about the weekends or something. And like they the- kept bringing up those freaking mushrooms. I was like, who's going to get poisoned? Yeah, I thought they were <laughs> dropping that on us like they did in freaking... <laughs> Hannibal. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not going to spoil it. Oh, okay. But in another movie, oh. they introduce poisonous mus- mushrooms. Mm-hmm. The Rocketeer. Although, the, uh, I guess it's a misdirect, but it's also where the bodies are buried. Where the right, mushrooms yeah. Are. 
that's what the mushrooms are about. Like, oh, there's such a good thing. Oh, there's dead bodies. And, and like, when they're uncovering the bodies, like, uh, it, it, it takes, uh, like, a few minutes until the detective's like, uh, how about you guys, uh, uh, Dick? You have shovels. <laughs> right. <laughs> using those picks at first. I'm like, oh, man, they're just going to pick through a skull or something like that. In the whole uh, time, I, like- I watch enough uh, stupid TV <laughs> shows to know that the uh, CSI people are going to be pissed. And then, uh, like, Angel is looking away the whole time. And I think the detective, that's when he notices. He's like, this guy can't be the killer. Yeah. <laughs> I think he gives him the benefit of the doubt from the very first time. Like, yeah. he walks in and says he raped somebody or whatever. Like, he immediately is like, okay, well, let's get all the particulars here. Like, and then she comes in and is like, no, I don't want to bother with this. I don't want to press charges. And <laughs> with a ridiculous mom. Yeah. <laughs> but the, I think the detective is like, intrigued by on hell the whole time and, and angel is, is hanging out there the whole time and he's like want to see a picture of a dead body <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like i gotta talk to you a little bit more like, <laughs> things are a little bit different in europe or yeah. something <laughs> like, uh, you've been arrested Let's for just have a uh, chat. not Let paying me get your you speeding coffee. tickets uh that's another look at this picture of this dead body (laughs) what the hell yeah and that's when he says like oh yeah he tried to penetrate me in like when his graphic detail yeah no it was a sound arrest i mean he knew details but yeah Yeah. uh so uh i i don't know if there's any uh do you is there anything else you guys want to talk about in particular i Um, guess like some silly moments and some uh uh, when um, towards the end, when Eva is uh, wants to get uh, her man back, and she's wearing like uh, a lot of like uh, like white like f- foundation or something, mm-hmm. and her mom's like, yeah. "You look dead," and she's like, "Yeah, that's the point." <laughs> yep. And uh, mm-hmm. I know what he wants. How oh, is it? And uh, there's the uh, the cameo of Elmer Dovar and the fashion show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's real good. And like you see all the models, uh, 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 getting ready, and and one of them is like I think starting coke or something. He's like, you do heroin in a bathroom. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, she, she was. I she, told you not to do that around it, the. Like her and her friend were like, <laughs> yeah, we're shooting up. They weren't doing coke. <laughs> I forgot, but like he does, he does say do it, do heroin in a bathroom. And she just randomly throws up on that girl. Oh, yeah. I, <laughs> I wasn't looking at that second. It was like, Sarah was like, ah. Like, oh, it's like she just spit out pudding or something on her Gross. lap. Yeah. Amadovar has, in my opinion, a unique look. Like, as soon as he was on screen, I was like, is that the director? Sarah, of course. She's much faster on the quick draw recognizing thing. She was like, oh, that's him. <laughs> it's like, yeah, he is. Like, uh, I'm not hearing her. I was like puzzling it out. Like, I'm going to solve this mystery. Now, Sarah's already solved it, Joel. No, no. What's the, what's the answer? <laughs> <laughs> what's the What's the secret? <laughs> In early movies, he always plays like a, like a, a like a, someone like direct, like 
always playing like the director of a fashion show or like a movie or oh, he's yeah. playing like a weird photographer in his first movie like Peppy Balm and something I forgot the other name uh, he's playing like this uh, like a uh, porn photographer who's doing like mm-hmm. a like a like a bondage shoot mm-hmm. but uh like I, I like he's recognizable because once you see the hair you're yep. like oh that's clearly him yeah I see that hair, and I'm like, that's him. (laughs) I was trying to remember other things that, like, his directing style reminded me of, and I was thinking he's he's like a a more sexualized uh, Juzo Atami. Oh, yeah. I I keep thinking of... uh, Taxi Woman? uh, That one and uh, Tampopo... Because of like the the vignettes of like sexuality going on there, and like the the conversations like somehow feel unrelated, but they are all related to what's going on. Oh yeah, and and the sense of like especially in a taxing woman, the sense of humor is is kind of a rapid pace. Like this is just the way life is, kind of thing that that mm. his movies all seem to have. Yeah, and like Itami uh, was critical of Japanese culture and. That's kind of why Tommy's movies got less universal as they went on, because like he got mm. too specifically Japanese, where like Almodovar somehow managed to like be very Spanish, but also uh, not be too specifically Spanish, so that like he still has like a big international audience. Yeah. But uh, also, uh, there's a shot of uh, Angel and the like a uh, mental asylum and he's in a straitjacket and it looks like a shot that jonathan demi copied for uh uh sons of lambs mm, probably i think he's wearing like a mask too but like it looks very much like how how uh hamill lecter is framed in that movie yeah. not so much manhunter because manhunter he's in in what 10 minutes of the whole movie he's he's wearing pajamas in a thing yeah, <laughs> yeah. Brian, what Brian Cox? <laughs> yeah. Although, for being on, if I, if I can have a hot take, I prefer Manhunter over Silence. I mean, I I like them both equally for different reasons. Like, I'm more familiar with Silence of the Lambs. I think I I don't even know if I've seen Manhunter. Which one's that? It's it's the same movie as Red, uh, Dragon. Red Dragon, but it's it, it's directed by Michael Mann. Michael Mann, yeah. Who's in it? Um, that you would know, uh, Joan, Joan, what's her name? John, John Cusack? No, no. not John Cusack. Uh, I don't know you're talking about. She plays a blind woman. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Tom uh, Noonan is a, is a serial killer. Huh. No, you, you, you Yeah, I definitely it. haven't seen it. Yeah, um, William Peterson. Yeah, I don't recognize Dennis Farina's in it. I mean, Joan Allen, that's who I'm thinking. Tom Noonan, you know, Stephen Lang. Stephen oh, Lang's John in this Allen's one, in and then he... No, I'm not... Chris Elliott? Oh, yeah, Chris oh, Elliott. Oh, yeah, I forgot Chris Elliott. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I always forget he's in that. Chris Jeez. Elliott's in it's it. It's just a random it, people. Just huh? as a person I recognize the name of, <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. And Frankie Faison? Uh, I forgot where he is in that. He's in... He's in all of them. That's weird. I mean, hmm. uh, Silence, Hannibal, and Manhunter. Wow. And Red Dragon. 
Yeah, Anyways, uh, <laughs> it came off the same year. But um, what else was it? I don't know. Like I, uh, my 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 journey through Almodovar is still going. I'm at. I've seen, I think, all but one or two of his 80s work. Now I'm moving on to the 90s. And uh, the next one up is High Heels. Mm. One that I hear is not as good as the rest, but... I don't know. Uh, I'm still going to watch it. I'll probably eventually see all of them, too. Um, but I... I haven't seen as many as I want to yet. I've seen a few of them, and... Like, I think the first one we might have ever... It was the first one we ever saw talk to her. I think we were, like, watching some movies at my parents' house one time. Mm. And they had, like, a movie channel, and we were like, what in the world is this? I think it was talk to her and then Volver. And then we saw Volver. We saw Broken Embraces. And Broken Embraces, I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. And yeah, then I uh, got both of those. Yeah, yeah. Amazon Prime and like, Google Play, I think, have basically uh, every movie he did, including yeah. awesome. like the early Spanish ones, like the the kind of trashy punk ones that are kind of were kind of hard to see for a long time in this part of the world. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, we just we picked some after we started watching them, just kind of almost at random. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, interesting going from the beginning to, well, I, well, I said the 80s in general, but, like, going from the 80s to the 90s to, like, to time up, time you down, it's like, okay, there's a real progression going on yeah, here. Yeah, there is. And I'm kind of interested to see what the new one's going to be like after the skin I live in. Oh, uh, uh, Pain and Glory? Yeah. Yeah, that was projected, to, like, to win uh, Can or Con, however you say it. But it kind of didn't make too much, too big of a splash. But I'm still Can. interested. Yeah, I'm interested to see what he does with it. I see two people. Okay, anyways. Yeah. I like his movies a lot. And I, I like this one. I don't know if I'll, I'll watch I probably will watch it again. Yeah, I, I probably it's, it's pretty will trashy. Too. It's funny because the first... Because yesterday I was like, I have some problems with the, yeah. I don't know, with something about the end of this movie. I think I think you were kind of like, I don't know if I like this movie, you know. But, I did. Yeah. No, I did like it. But I was like, I think that it could have been a little better or oh, something. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's funny. I want to like everything he does just because he dares to be so strange and mm-hmm. have his own style with it. Yeah, he um, manages to be like trans- transgressive and dark and weird, but it's kind of like, acceptable. Yeah, like like he's not shunned by like uh like the major critics, like how some directors can kind of fall into that trap of like I can't think of anyone on offhand right now, but like, but like it, it, but in general, like you don't see that many like big name directors kind of make a career out of doing like these weird melodramas for like sex and uh like you know in this other crazy in other crazy sh- yeah i i really like that he has characters that are like androgynous or maybe trans or 
like gay characters and I like that he wasn't afraid to do that even a long time ago and I think he's been out for a long time though yeah I think he has been too um and I think that that probably yeah probably his life is is also you know part of the many influences he has we were talking yesterday and we were joel was like i wonder who his influences are yeah and it is really interesting to think about because he has such a cocktail of like different cool things that he puts in i mean with it with this movie specifically referencing some you know giallo style stuff or a cello rather or however you're supposed to say it like i want to know (laughs) what he's into you could get the Criterion uh, DVD of it. I have it. He's. I'm looking at the Wikipedia right now. I've kind of been browsing it, like just skimming it to see where it says influences. And it does say John Waters for sure. And it says um, some stylistic appro- uh, appropriations of Hitchcock. Hitchcock, which I was talking sure. about, yeah. yeah, yesterday. Um, but it's just makes you want to dig in more and figure out how in the world this this reality came to be. Well, I know some of it is uh, uh, Franco died, and then the censorship laws got a lot more looser, and then suddenly there was this huge outburst of these young directors who are like challenging the Catholic church and making movies with gay people and trans characters and having like violence and sex in movies. And he, and like, he kind of was a part of like, like having like gay characters and having movies be more sexual Mm -hmm. post Franco. Cause Franco was a, a, uh, oppressive, oppressive and had ties to the Catholic church and, well, I've seen Pan's, Pan's Labyrinth. I know what happened. <laughs> yeah. Which is crazy yeah. that he he was like... He's a dictator from like the 30s to the 70s. And I feel like a lot of Americans kind of don't realize Spain was basically like a, a fascist country for yeah. almost like 50 years. Yeah. No, it's not. It's... I feel like... They had this cultural richness in Spain that I think, I mean, I would almost say that's a similar thing to Mexico. That, like, in Mexico, there's this vibrant culture of, like, colorful, like, art. And, like, when I think of Spain, I think of, like, Gaudi, like, and stuff that I think of as being super artistic and creative. And those things existed the whole time, like, under an oppressive ruler. Couldn't hold it back. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there are people... I mean, a lot lot of their... It seemed like a lot of their top, like, people that were, like, artists in the country got out of there. Because they, you know, were being oppressed or they knew that... Right, they went to Paris or whatever. Yeah. Uh, Like, Luis Bunuel, he... uh, Your other favorite guy. Yeah, I do love Bunuel. I... Hey, this year turns out I've I've been discovering Spanish movies I really like. Anyway, but um, Boonwell, he, after 
I forgot what movie it was in the early 60s, Franco. I was like, this movie's fine. Uh, the Catholic Church approves of it. And then he saw it and it was like, uh, this is not right. And then uh, Urban Well exiled himself before anyone could uh, like arrest him. Oh, yeah. And uh, like Jess Franco is another like Spanish director I like. And he made a lot of movies in Germany. Because the censorship mm-hmm. laws and and under Franco were uh, a bit much, and he liked to do like kind of like these low budget, weird, artsy like horror slash like sexy movies. And uh, yeah, like it's just interesting, like the what happened to Spain, Spain's yeah. movies uh, during like you know nearly forty or fifty years. Yeah. Oh, and the first Almodovar movie, uh, I believe, translated to English, the title is... Me, Tim. <laughs> I just saw that on his <laughs> on his Wikipedia. It was like, I'm like, what is this movie called? I'm just going to have... Me, Tim. Yeah, I'm just gonna have to bleep out the title. <laughs> meow, 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 meow. Yeah, it's gonna be like, meow. What was the name of that movie? What was it called? Meow, yeah. Tim. Yeah, that's that's what uh, the the one house on Todd or Darkness said it was translated to. Mm. And she just married to a Spaniard at one point. Mm. Films about Opus <laughs> Die? What? None is that. Matador has something to do with Opus Die. <laughs> I'm sorry, Wikipedia. I don't know what to do. Uh, anyway, I, uh, there uh, are some very <laughs> strange sexual things in uh, Talk to Her too. Um, all, all of. What do you them. mean? There's strange sexual things in. in <laughs> There's strange sexual things in all of them. The skin I live in, and <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> yeah. Anyway, thanks, Spencer, for picking this one. Yeah, thank you for giving us an excuse to talk about this because yeah. I think. I probably wouldn't have ordinarily had the chance. <laughs> oh, you're very welcome. And listeners, you should know, most of Almodovar movies are streaming right now. Streaming for free. Well, we have to pay for it. Damn it. Uh, there's no, a box no. set, that's region two of his early movies. Oh, sure. That I'm <clears throat> tempted to buy, but I got away on that. Yeah, what do you guys think is the safest to like if you were you were just starting this to was, watch one of his movies? Yeah, this was my first one. Uh huh. So this one, I think. <laughs> I think based off what I know as later stuff, maybe start with the later stuff if you're not as into like weird or like transgressive like uh. movies. I think Volver is probably the best one to start with That's because say, yeah. it's way less violent. Well, there is like violence and sexuality in that too. Right. But I feel like that one is much more like linear and understandable for a viewer too. Mm-hmm. Like that one has surprises the way all of his movies do, but they and twists and reveals, but it's like they they seem somehow more relatable than the rest of his movies do. Yeah. Yeah. To me. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's what I'd say. I, th- I think his more famous movies are like Woman on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown. That's a good one. 
and uh, All About My Mother, but I haven't seen either of those myself. So. All, about, uh, All About My Mother is the one that he finally won an Oscar for, and he been nominated a couple times. Mm-hmm. And he won uh, Best Screenwriting Oscar. The same- he won before Spike Lee? Yeah, before Spike Lee. Ridiculous. Those were the first ones I heard about a long time ago. Yeah. I think... I think uh, I was lucky, and I saw a lot of cool movies growing up. But I had some friends in like early college, like when I was like nineteen, that were in a film class, and I just asked them for their syllabus, and I watched all the movies too. Hmm. But um, all about my mother was on it, and it was one that I didn't get to rent, so I never hmm. saw it. But I heard of him back then, and I was like, "Ooh, this guy! I should check out some of his movies sometime." A little fun fact about Matador that when it played in England. When it first first came out, uh, the movies that uh, uh, Diego is masturbating to are video nasties that were banned in England. Mm. And so technically they're showing banned movies mm. <laughs> in the beginning of it. That's why they're banned. Oh my god. Too many creepy men are jerking it to it. <laughs> Anyways, um, uh, let's, uh, let's wrap up here for now. Uh, I am going to say the outro stuff because I don't have a piece of paper directly in front of me and uh, you guys think about that's <laughs> I didn't think about how complicated a lesson would be from Matador <laughs> oh my gosh hey, thank we'll you so much Spencer for guesting with us and for bringing up this movie and oh you're very welcome it was super fun yeah ever since Aaron got kidnapped by those uh, children we just don't you know been trying to make it work, but uh, anyways, yeah, I appreciate you jumping in there. Uh, anyways, outro stuff. Uh, hey, listener, if you want to hear me and Spencer talk about Spike Lee movies, we have a podcast called We Cut Heads, a Spike Lee podcast. And uh, previously, we had a podcast called High and Low, a Kurosawa podcast where we talked about Japanese movies. And uh, the Spike Lee one is ongoing right now. You can check that out at uh, what? What? Where we have that on? Uh, Podbean. Podbean. Um, Spotify, Twitter, mm-hmm. Facebook. Facebook has it. We have a page on Facebook that you can like. Yeah, I don't and, update uh, as much as I should, but yeah, uh, you update when there's a a new episode at least. Yeah, I mean that's that's basically all I do. The please don't send me an outer space one. Uh, anyways, if you want to write in a suggestion or you have any questions or you want to talk to somebody about, you know, legal help, uh, I don't know, we'll figure it out. You can write into please don't podcast at gmail.com or you can message us on Facebook, facebook.com slash PDSMIOS. Access to all of our episodes are at pdsmios.com. Um, if you go there, you can click on a link on the right side of the page that says episodes, and that has all of the movies we've covered, any of the special episodes we've had. Someday I'm going to put like episodes that we've guested on and stuff like that. I just, uh, I, I'm a very lazy man. I mean, busy. I meant to say busy. Anyways, if you got a few bucks you want to send our way, uh, we still have a Ko-Fi site to support us, uh, ko-fi.com slash pdsmios. Buy us a coffee, buy us a soda pop, that kind of thing. And, uh, 
yeah, th- thanks to uh, David DeRoy for our theme music, Jed Dowtry for a podcast logo. Thank you, guys. And thank you for listening, goofballs. Thank you, friends. Uh-huh. So, uh, lesson from Matador, huh? Oh, I, I guess I'll go first. Okay. Even if uh, an older gentleman seems like a like, like, a, like a very masculine, like a sexy sex symbol, and he used to fight bulls. Don't don't fall for his charms. He will kill you at some point. <laughs> I think the key to knowing whether or not somebody is somebody you should hang out with is if they ever show any emotion at all. <laughs> because this this guy had one emotion, which was kind of like I don't even know why I'm here. <laughs> There's one part in the movie where he smiles, and Nothing I was like, really "What?" Nothing seems to excite him that much. I think, yeah, that's the whole point. Well, he's, you a, know? he's a masculine man; he doesn't show emotion. He doesn't right. have the thrill of the bullfight anymore. It's not there. He doesn't even know why. He's you know. listless. Exactly. Okay. I... My <laughs> my lesson for this movie is. Um, don't let the eclipse go to your head. Oh. <laughs> There's that part in the back of the car where he's like, oh, you've let the el- eclipse go to your head. So the detective says that. <laughs> and they're talking about the the suicide that they're going to do during the eclipse. Uh, yeah, and, he's, and he's like telling them what they're saying and they're like, way too into it like it like oh, yeah. like they're getting really turned on by what's yeah. happening <laughs> yeah, he's got julia on one side eva on the other <laughs> side and they're all ready to go and angel doesn't know how to use anything that is attached to his body anyway and, uh, and the detective's like who are these people <laughs> yeah like yep god i can't wait for this to be over <laughs> get out of my car Almodovar also likes a car scene oh yeah i've noticed does. that yeah, like, yeah. I, I, like, I think all six moves I've seen, they all end with a bunch of people getting in a car. In a going car. Somewhere. <laughs> Road trip. Yeah. I yeah. love that car. Yeah. People yeah, uh, being uh, like, uh, you're yeah. stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Labyrinth of Passion has a great uh, thing with that where uh, they keep arriving at the same location. Well, three, three groups of people arrive at the same location and someone there has to poop. And she can't hold it, and when the third group shows up, she poops her pants. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh, and you and you see the poop. <laughs> like this is his early kind of uh, John Waters era, but it's uh, like he he really loved like crass humor and people getting in cars to end a movie. Yep, it's all based on his own experiences. Uh, people are pooping their pants all the time, <laughs> left and right. Uh. Uh, okay, so if I my lesson is that uh, you should never trust your gardener because you give him an explicit instruction not to let somebody in the house, and you know what, that bastard, he's going to do that. Not to mention, I saw him earlier trying to get those mushrooms, and you know some of those things are poison. This guy's an idiot. Just, you know, maybe you need a new gardener. Oh, uh, another lesson? Mm-hmm. That's a very good one because you never know what could happen if you don't if you can't trust the people that you tell your secrets to or your mm-hmm. you know the rules. Oh, of the, the gardener's house. in on it, yeah. 
You but know. I was going to say, there's somebody for everybody, because no matter how strange your obsession and fetish is, there's another person out there that's perfectly suited to you. Yeah, and in worst case scenario, just like the other movie that we've talked about, uh, you could just kidnap them, Tom, but eventually they'll fall in love with you. Thanks, Almodovar. Uh, we'll, we'll see you in two weeks, folks. Thanks for listening. Uh, but, but one last thing. No, no, Spencer, we're busy. Okay, no, no, one last thing. A right. previous episode I was on, Mary Jane's yep. not a virgin anymore. Yes. That is getting a Blu-ray release from AGFA. Uh-huh. The American... Was it? Is it Grindhouse film something? I don't. Yeah, I don't remember. It's they're part of uh, Alamo Draft House, but they're uh, they're finally, uh, well, Mary Jane's not a virgin anymore. Is finally getting a good release. Mm. So uh, if you're listening to this and uh, haven't heard episode, listen to it, and you know if you want to buy the movie, it comes out. By the time it comes out, it will probably be uh, available, and uh, I don't people know. Sarah Jacobson's work is uh, gonna get finally gain some more respect. It's a good thing. That's it. Support indie cool. artists. Yeah. Even the yeah. Anyways, next week, two weeks. See you then. Goodbye. Thank you. <laughs> Thank You're you, welcome. Spencer. <laughs>